The year is 1983. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And this is My Marvelous Year. I got this one. Hello and welcome to My Marvelous Year. And I have to do the introduction today, Zach, because I have a good one. Oh, I'm Dave okay. Houston, right. founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com, creator of the My Marvelous Year Reading Club, where we go through the origins of Marvel Comics through origins to today. Today we're going to be talking about Comics of 1983 Part 1. And I am joined today. He's half African goddess, half space whale, oh. all man. It's Zach Dean. <laughs> How's it going? Okay, can we... Oh, good. Can we compare that to the one I had? Sure. Let's see. Yeah. Let's All see right. Start ranking Okay, I was going to say, I'm Zach, the comic book newbie, and today I'm with Dave, who every time I interrupt him, he points an empty gun at my face and pulls the trigger. <laughs> hey, Dave. How's it going? <laughs> That's fair. Why don't Why don't we just start introducing each other? That seems That seems harder, but potentially could, could okay. be able to do this. It's double the, doubling the amount. Double um, the thinking. Yeah, that we have to do, and doubling the likelihood that neither of us will have something. Right, and, yeah, right. Because that happens often enough. And as listeners it. know, I am famously well-prepared for introductions, for My Marvelous Year Shared Universe Patreon creations. Speaking of which, hey, we have a mm. Patreon. If you like the show and uh, you'd like to consider backing us, you can go on over to patreon.com slash year. The bonuses that you can get here, one I've been getting a lot of questions about is can I see the reading list, the master list, all the comics we're going to be reading. The easiest way to do that is to become a Patreon backer, and you will get full access to the spreadsheet over at patreon.com slash year. Now, the comics are readily available to everyone. Everyone can play along. You do not have to pay to play at all, right? There's a lot of ways you can do that. You can <laughs> yeah. find the comics in uh, the show notes for every episode, um, as well as over at MyMarvelousYear.com, which will take you to Comic Book Herald. You'll find like a slightly outdated versions of the lists, but still generally applicable. Um, I mean, if, but you anyway, the, the, if you like the, the, Patreon, the free way to find them is the uh, the show notes. The yeah, show so notes always have the like free up to date. Did you? Okay. Mm-hmm. First one. I don't know. I, yep. During administration, I just kind of I go elsewhere administration is so important the other thing i do want to say is if you like my marvelous year and you're enjoying exploring the 80s which i gotta tell you i don't know that when we started the 80s in 2020 let Mm -hmm. me you know phrasing is confusing there when we started reading through marvel comics of the 1980s in the year 2020 i don't know that i thought it would be all year just the 80s but i'm pretty sure that's the way it's going to shake out because as we are expanding these episodes and expanding the amount of time we're giving everyone to read through the comics year yeah. by year, I think probably what's going to happen is we're just going to cover the decade this throughout this 2020 Reading Club podcast experience. We're not going to get saying? much past it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's totally, totally possible. When yeah, I don't. Th- I mean, if if we do get past the 80s, we'll probably only get into the early 90s a couple of years in. Well, I'm good yeah. with that. Like, I actually oh yeah, like no, it's it's structurally fine. being like you know this year we're going to do this decade. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. see if that pattern kind of holds. I'm not like forcing it, but if we get close <laughs> and, and in 20, it's, it's doable, 2024 will just be the year of 2005. Just, has, just like then we slow down to one year at a time. No, I do not think we'll ever be doing I think that. 2005 literally has like 
Is it 2005, 2004? One of those years has like 430 comics. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. List. But that'll get yeah. that'll get whittled. That's the thing is oh, these curated sure. reading yeah. lists where we're doing the top 10 stories per year. Um, you know, oh, that's, I start, even that uh, top 10 is starting to. No, this, no, it always holds. It's always well, true. Well, we have, we There's have definitely 13, no smudging 13 of that. titles this well, year. Well, that's for you. That's entirely for you. I, I mean, added three limited series this year on top care of about the Cloak 10 originals. You get Cloak. Okay. Okay. If you're going to be <laughs> nasty I mean, I about it, I'm going to take them away. Okay. I'm going to oh, take all no, those limited series away. All right. Well, Alpha Flight's not a limited series, so um, it's it's very limited in what it can do. So I include it among oh, the limited series. A... Okay. Oh, Alpha yeah. Burn! Gosh, Alpha I'm burn. the Alpha Burner. <laughs> can I can I just say there's something I want to try out on this episode? Something I mm-hmm. think I need to I need to practice. Need to, need to flex. My Is it the hoodie you're wearing? Because I got to tell you, not working. Oh, <laughs> not it's... working for me. <laughs> it's not working for you. I don't care. I'm sitting in my. I'm kidding. It was the hood my up. Own home. Nice I like and cozy. the hoodie. Um. God, now I lost my track. Oh, uh, transitions. You always do these transitions between comics. I'm going to handle the transitions this time, Dave. This is an all Zach transition sewed. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Okay. I'm going to try to, so, I want to try to keep that in mind because sometimes okay. I just get rolling and I just, all of a sudden I'm transitioning. I don't even realize it, you know? Yeah. Speaking of not realizing it, Daredevil doesn't realize sight. Oh, <laughs> oh I so, thought you were going to go with that Electra might still be alive, but no, you reverted so, to a blind joke. <laughs> Congratulations. Only kind of a blind joke. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Our first, so. that's right. So the comics we're going to be talking about today, we've got two issues of Daredevil finishing off the first round of Frank Miller on the title. We've got so two issues of New Mutants. Don't be sad. He'll be back. We got two issues of New Mutants kicking off that series in earnest. And then we've got a bunch of Uncanny X-Men to talk about. So, Daredevil... Wait, Miller, Miller will be back? Uh, Did, to do Daredevil? Are you, you... You genuinely didn't know that? Mm-mm, no. I thought this yeah. was like... Yeah, I mean, no. I, I bought... I'll I be back in a couple Dave. times. I have the Omnibus, and this was the last issue in the Omnibus, except for there's a what-if issue that's like, what if Matt Murdock was an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D.? And I was like, yeah, I'll skip that one. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I actually am pretty excited about this period of time because the My Marvel This Year concept originally is obviously like I am super into these and you are newer to them. Um, but now we are actually at the point where in earnest you haven't read past a certain point of it's these start, comics. It's, it's right around here that I stopped. Because yeah. like I definitely read the conclusion to the Brood Saga. I started Thor's Simons or Simonson's Thor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But... I think it might be eighty five. I definitely didn't read like Secret World were the excuse me, Secret Wars two. Um, well, that's that's just and that, that's a an eighty five wellness tip. Yeah. yeah. So it's like so, somewhere in like eighty three, eighty four is where I called it quits. So yeah, okay. we'll see. Pretty excited. Okay. Good, good, good. Okay, but yes, Frank Miller will be back on Daredevil and uh, some would say better than ever in some instances. So you'll be excited <gasps> uh, about that. Uh, but before we get to uh, slobber and Oliver Frank. Let's slobber Oliver Frank <laughs> of 1983, Daredevil 190 and 191. Again, here, again, as we talked about in, I believe it was 82, part two, uh, Klaus Janssen, penciling and inking, issue number mm-hmm. 190, unheralded Klaus Janssen. Again, in my head, I like basically thought of him as like the inker sort of helping Frank Miller. No, he's straight mm-hmm. up penciling issues here too. Yeah. Um, I mean, huge, it looks huge contributor. So similar. Like it, it's wild. How oh, much yeah. he like can emulate that style. 191 you know, is I someone actually, else though, right? Um, yes. I, well, 
Let me double check here. But I actually was just, yeah, I was doing uh, an Adam Strange binge because the week we're recording this, uh, Strange Adventures came out. Yeah. And there's a 1985 DC Comics Presents, I'm going to guess issue 85, um, issue of Superman Adam Strange team up penciled and inked by Klaus Janssen. So, oh, you know, it's not, I don't know. And just like in my head, he was not as active um, as a penciler in his own right. He totally is and deserves that credit. Uh, Frankie M is the penciler on 191, but he's inked by Terry Austin, who famously inked a lot of the best John Byrne work in Uncanny mm, yeah. X-Men. Yeah, Klaus Janssen also was like, I think he was writing Batman at the same time, or he was um, inking Batman at literally the same time. I don't know that he ever that, wrote Batman, but inked yeah, I believe. Yeah, inked Batman, because he was, he was talking in that interview that I read um, about how much, like, I don't know, how much thought he puts into Daredevil and how much he doesn't for Batman. <laughs> he was kind of like, yeah, Batman, you know, I go do the colors, and uh, you kind of know what to expect, and... Uh, like it's not, it's not like artful work compared to what I'm doing on Daredevil. Like I think he, interesting. You know, con- I, I think maybe just because of like editorial uh, mandate a little bit, he he wasn't like being pushed to make as many like bold choices in Batman. Well, certainly 1982-83 Daredevil is way bolder than 1982-83 sure. yeah. Daredevil, uh, or than, than Batman. All right, two yeah. questions for you. Mm-hmm. One, how old would you guess Klaus Janssen is? And two, what did you like more, Daredevil 190 or 191? Ooh, uh, Klaus Janssen was at the time. No, no. How old is he right now? Oh, um, I don't know. 65. Great guess. He's 68. Yeah. I mean, I am always like surprised at how young these guys were when they're writing this, you know, like Frank Miller was 55 or not 55, 25 at this time. He was a young Um, 55. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, (laughs) he's 63 now. So I kind of figured they might be, you know, contemporaries. Um, Ooh, I guess I got to say 190, all that Electra stuff, like the, 191 is like a really cool um you know like self-contained story but 190 is some of the most interesting like one of the best examples of mythologizing your own story and like building up the world and backstory without it seeming like an info dump world building issue mm-hmm. right you often kind of get those ones where it's like now we're going to explain all the intricacies and this is like this is a backstory issue like capital b capital i you kind of feel them straining to do that, like fill out the Wikipedia page. Right. Um, and this this is just like so natural in the way that like it's just telling a story while also just building this big mythology of the hand and Electra and uh, what is the what's the group that Stick runs? Do they name them? I call that Stick's group. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're the chased officially. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're really cool. I, I like that they're still kind of uh, this big shadowy secret. You know, they keep talking about being at a war with the hand that's right. been going forever, and you don't really know what that means, but it just, like, adds this um, this level of, uh, I don't know, it, it makes the whole thing seem that much more dire and urgent. It's clearly important. It's clearly important. Yeah, yeah so 190 is definitely the big important issue 191 is straight up one of my favorites and the um, one that it is it is also great don't no criticism here yeah yeah i mean the run finishes on a, a very very high note so issue yeah. 190 to start there it's a double-sized issue as you were saying it really goes into what happened with electra after her dad was killed we kind of saw the origins of her uh, and matt's romance story meeting in college after that point though we find her sort of hiking out in the snowy Himalayan type landscape, and uh, she is eventually found by Stick the Chased and trained to become one of their ultimate ninja warriors. But Stick senses some, what is it, rage in her that will never go away, and yeah, he pain takes her out. And hatred. Yeah, and we learn there that her plan to sort of prove her worthiness is to join the hand 
the dread enemy and basically be able to take them down from the inside. So that is how we sort of connect all the dots between um, Electra. It also does a lot to explain like why she is as good as she is and sort of all the additional mystical elements that go along with her character in terms of like how did she go from being a college girl with Matt to a ninja assassin? Yeah. Um, that all gets more or less explained here. Yeah, it's weirdly like you get the origin of Electra after she dies, but then, of course, at the end of this, it kind of, you know, she has this resurrection and this rebirth into like clearly a new, um, like a new set of goals or a new, a new perspective, I guess, because, um, you know, they're framing her as like Matt has purged her of this like hatred, uh, and this like this anger and, yeah, um, it's anger and pain. I, yeah, the present day story is about the hand planning to resurrect Electra for their own mm-hmm. ends. Daredevil, Black Widow, and company, including Stone, Sticks Buddy in the chase, yep. they are trying to prevent this. And Matt, of course, when they actually get to that moment, um, doesn't want to prevent it. He like thinks he hears a faint heartbeat of Electra's, and basically he uh, revives her with the power of love. It's got what it takes. So, baby, why? Can't this be love? Matt brings her back. I love you know, something. I don't think we, we talked about enough on the last episode is another thing that Van Frank Halen Miller's references? bringing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, is that Van Halen? I don't know. <laughs> uh, something else that Frank Miller brings to Daredevil is that he lets Daredevil be kind of a terrible hero and be like, yeah. I I compared it into the Slack this week where Peter Parker is constantly beating himself up for being. You know, like, oh, I'm really destructive to everyone around me. And, like, I'm actually, like, a bad guy. And, you know, I'm, like, really that's selfish. But, like, that's Peter Parker's overactive guilt working. Daredevil's actually that. Like, Daredevil is that, is what Peter Parker thinks he is. Um, because we, something big we glossed over last time was how he was treating Heather, his girlfriend. Yeah. Who he was 100%, like, being abusive to. He was cutting her off from, like, the rest of her support. She was, like, taking over her life in this really manipulative, creepy way. That he also the proposed comic... to her like like hours earlier, <laughs> like very yeah, right. recently, and then yeah. was just like, "Oh, don't worry about your job. I took care of it. You don't have to worry about that anymore." Like, yeah, I have basically severed all your connections to the business world. Like, you can just be a wife, and like, basically just took away all of her independence and agency. Um, mm-hmm. But I also love like Miller. It's totally acknowledged. Like, you just understand through the conversations and the framing of all this that like he is being terrible to her. Like, yeah, it's it not like not, Silver Age not Fantastic a, Four exactly, or no, something it's, where it's like almost an accident. Oh, you know? it's, it's hard like, to no, watch. We know, it's, it's, we know Daredevil's yeah. acting out of out of order here. Yeah, it's a bad look. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I hate that phrase. I can't believe I just said it's a bad look. Bad um, look. <laughs> it's a bad look. Yikes, fam. He, yeah. So also here, I mean, you get we're, that. We're thing definitely where, the youngest and hippest Marvel podcast. There's a lot of Marvel podcasts out there, but very few rival us in terms of youth and hipstery mm-hmm. i'm gonna start doing that machine gun noise that uh, the kids are doing <laughs> please do. whap, whap, you know <laughs> you know what i'm talking about nailed it yeah i do now because you did yeah. such a good yeah. job with it thank you uh yeah yep. so like daredevil's just he, he often sucks uh he leans into the violence right you get the idea that like he enjoys the violence which is something big in 191 is that yeah. he is like 
too violent for this and maybe also at the same time too rigid <laughs> in his like his worldview you know like just because he's not yeah. killing people doesn't mean he's not crippling and torturing and just being like wantonly violent he's um, questioning all the superhero standard structural stuff yeah. right like yeah, yeah. he's questioning the the do not kill ethos that has certainly permeated the marvel universe at this point yeah. i mean even yeah, punisher yeah. up until up until very recently was you know not re not really the punisher we were are familiar with now um yeah, yeah he's, he's questioning all that stuff and he's like kind of like one of the interesting things about daredevil i think that continues through to right now the ongoing run by written by chip zadarsky is the idea of like can i even solve problems without violence am i even capable of that and yeah. really struggling yeah, yeah. to answer that question we see that a lot in 191 an issue called roulette where he is playing russian roulette with a um He's not comatose. He's paralyzed, basically, paralyzed. like yeah. paralyzed yeah. bullseye, uh, which is which is a fascinating issue. But yeah, to wrap up the 190, mm -hmm. um, so they bring back Electra. Nobody sees her, but it's like, okay, the, the body's not there, so clearly she's gone. And Stone says, like, oh, I sense the evil's been purged from her. So we get a potential new look Electra in the future. We also mm -hmm. here get a a significant advancement of sort of the Kingpin Daredevil relationship. Um, in some really interesting ways, yeah, in the sense that Daredevil or Kingpin yeah. really establishes like, hey, we go together, and you're my quote unquote nemesis because you get in my business, but also you're my partner, and you you allow me to do what I do best. Basically, it's like we need each other. Like you, he was you like, will fight when the you crimes, needed to find, but, go ahead. No, sorry. When you needed to find a criminal, you came to me. You didn't come to the cops, right? Like you know who right. holds the power here. Right. And it's me. And he even, like, Kingpin rescues him. <laughs> like, and it's not, you get the idea, it's not Kingpin, like, Kingpin doesn't really need him, but he, like, he wants to just get in his head and make him, you know, like, you, you kind of get the idea he's trying to, like, soften up Daredevil on this, like, psychological front of, like, we are much, you know, much more alike than uh, than you think we are. Definitely. And one of the things I like the most about this era of Kingpin and the development he's going through is the idea that he's kind of pulling Matt's strings that he's always kind of puppeteering daredevil mm -hmm. to his yeah. own ends even as daredevil thinks like he's busting up a criminal enterprise the kingpin's like oh cool that was one of my rivals now i've got better lane into the drug market or whatever it is you know like he's yeah he's sort of like he's positioning matt almost like a weapon um for his own ends in in terms of being the kingpin of new york it's it's very smart. It's very cool. And again, yeah, like you said, Kingpin saves Daredevil and friends from the hand at the end of this. Mm -hmm. Like they would yeah. have lost after pointing Daredevil to bust up like like one of his rivals, you know, basically in order to give Daredevil the information he requested. Um, mm -hmm. The Kingpin's in control of basically everything Daredevil does yeah. throughout 190. And, and Daredevil ha never has like a snappy retort. And he never has like, oh, but actually I've got this thing on you. It's like, no, he just he's just kind of in the Kingpin's quote-unquote pocket, uh, whether he means to be or not. Yeah, yeah, he makes a devil's bargain, daredevil's bargain. Speaking of bargains... <laughs> uh, <laughs> The oh, the double size the double size of this issue was a great deal for me. Oh, actually, yeah, especially yeah. Marvel Unlimited. <laughs> you know what? Like all these years. Yeah, oh no, no, I, I I read this. I read the. I God, how many times? Oh, you I read the you Omni. I own the Omnibus. How many times That's can I right. tell you? Hashtag. Omni I'm an right. Omnibus boy. Um, the um. Omnibus in my balls over here. It's <laughs> 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 pretty good. How often do we pull, like, do, do I open up an issue and it's a double size issue and I just, I, I groan? Yeah. 
Yeah. Probably 95% of the time. Daredevil, this was literally the only time I can like think of in recent memory where that happened where I was like, oh, cool. More Daredevil. Like, genuinely, I I got, I got really bumped because I, I was reading the book. So, you know, I like, I see the end coming (laughs) of this run and it's just like, I got really bummed out when it was over. I was just like, this, it stinks. I want more of this. Yeah. Like, I wish he had done this for, you know, like a Claremont sized run. Uh, Well, maybe not. Because maybe he would end up like Claremont did. Speaking of Claremont, he wrote the New Mutants. <laughs> Wait, we didn't talk about 191 yet. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay, that was a really right. good transition. I'll give you that, but we we haven't talked about the real head issue. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't so, that good. I just named the author of the other book. Yeah, no, it worked. Uh, okay. 191 is structured all around in the present day. Daredevil. Oh yeah, there's a whole thing is here yeah. around Bullseye's <laughs> ba- Bullseye's hospital bed, and he's got a gun. And he's telling him, you know, there's a quote here, traditionally roulette takes one bullet, one gun, and two idiots. That's us. <laughs> and he's got six bullets, and Daredevil's not uh, messing around. He's pulling the trigger. And they're playing Russian roulette. And as he does so, Daredevil, I don't think he's even speaking out loud. I think it's all internal caps. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, I think so. Because he's and also, he is, like, naming himself. He's like, I guess I was thinking that at first, because, like, Bullseye, does Bullseye know who he is? I don't think so. Because he's well, just he's in saying, costume, like, right. Yeah, but he is saying, like, you oh, know, yeah. my partner, Foggy, told me, Matt, it's time for you to take this case on. And then my father, like, it's Madeline a dead giveaway. Jack it's a dead Ma- giveaway if he's saying it out loud. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. A lot of yeah, no, his, his mouth isn't moving, so I don't think so. I think this is just narration. Yeah, for sure. And he, Matt's flashing back to kind of growing up and mm-hmm. his life, as well as a recent story, a case of his. Um, primarily as Matt, but then eventually as Daredevil, about a kid who is watching video on repeat of the Daredevil-Bullseye fight that happened mm-hmm. recently. This is the same fight in the Miller run where Daredevil ultimately, quite intentionally, drops Bullseye from a height onto his head and leaves him in the paralyzed state that we yeah. see now. Although, as we talked about at the time, would take some very precise dropping skills to know you were not going to kill him, which is kind of the big question Matt is wrestling with here is... What does it mean that I'm so violent? Am And also, at the same time, am I violent enough? Because the big reveal at the end of this, as they're playing Russian roulette, and we finally get to the sixth shot, and there's so much tension built up, because it's click, nothing, click, nothing, right? You know it's coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he gets to the sixth one, points it at bullseye, click, or does he point it himself? I'm, maybe, I, maybe I'm missing the image here. The, the last, I think I mean, it's the last bullseye. bullet goes for bullseye, yeah. Yeah, the last and it's click, click yeah. and nothing again. And Daredevil says, you know, basically, you know, I'm a coward. I can't, I, I can't pull that final measure. Maybe I should. And that's well, obviously I, it's a, framed, a repetitive question in comics. But here, you know, it's, it's we don't see it a lot in Marvel, certainly at this point. It, it's framed for me through because he t- tells the story, you know, of Chucky, this kid, and uh, like the violence that this kid get wrap, gets wrapped up in. But then he also talks about his childhood with his father. Yeah, and how like he kind of has idolized and like deified his father the story that we've seen is the the origin of his father you know that like, right he wouldn't throw the fight and he died like a man etc um but then he's like you know i'm kind of kidding myself he wasn't perfect and you know i got into a fight my father like despised d- this idea that i would fight but then when i got into a fight like probably for a decent reason like a kid was bullying him and ripping up his book and he mm-hmm. you know he got into a scrap with the kid and he came home his dad backhanded him and like yeah. You know, in, like, clearly, like, a nasty way, and it really upset him, and, like, he says that's when he decided, like, you know, like, violence isn't just the answer, like, even his dad needs rules to live by, and that's when he decided to be a lawyer, right? Like, he needed to enforce rigid rules because this, like, this arbitrary violence, which is 
the, the like the really interesting i don't know uh dissonance and like contradiction about daredevil which is that he is simultaneously kind of obsessed with the law and rules and then like really working outside of it you know like yeah yeah and and i think like the better daredevil comics like some of this can really get at that and then i think the worst daredevil stuff kind of doesn't look at that dissonance at all like the tv mm-hmm. show <laughs> at least the first season tv shots I've, fired yeah the tv I mean, show totally looks at that maybe i i i mean to be fair i haven't watched season two or three um, we're not going to do a netflix daredevil no, review but no, here's my God, take no. it's good i like yeah. it good uh, good fights okay. real good fights Tons real of, good fights. Fun, yeah. Um, yeah, so this is, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great summary of it. Uh, it's oh, a wait, very, what? very good no. issue. I got one other thing. Yeah. You know what else is great about this? Have we ever seen a creator's run end in an issue that kind of sums up their run? Because this also feels mm. like a reflection of Frank Miller, like, wrapping up his run. It, it also is, I mean, I think you can clearly, like, look at Daredevil talking about himself being violent and his influence on kids in the Marvel Universe as like an analogy for comic book violence, right? Which is like clearly something that Frank Miller was doing. He's making these books that like are quite violent. And he's talked about like these books, I want them to be violent. I'm specifically trying to take them out. He kept talking about slapstick violence. And he's like, I don't want them to be have slapstick violence. I want you to feel the violence. I don't want it to be this like cartoony thing where no one gets hurt. Yeah. Uh, So I think, you know, I think that's just fascinating that like he is in conversation with his own work here. Um, in like the series which just i don't think we've seen anything like that the closest we've ever come to anything like that is claremont's rebuttal against avengers 200 right where like the common the comic is commenting on itself and the comic itself you know like the story criticism right yeah in a very effective way i think i mean the runs that have ended it oddly the runs that we celebrate the most or have celebrated the most like all of lee kirby's work Mm -hmm. ends very strangely in the sense that one day yeah it just ends one day or like kirby's last issue is like on fantastic four is like the first part of a two or three part story you know there's some of that (laughs) yeah right they don't get the the swan song because cliffhanger you know yeah yeah because like like, the surfer still carries on totally um right right the silver surfer run um that i mean even like starlin on on well his thanos work it's a pretty nice i mean if you count death of captain marvel actually as the end of his like captain marvel thanos yeah I, I don't know i don't, I don't really think that feels coda, like a, but that's a years later in, yeah exactly yeah it's not it's an extended it's extended and then panthers work. panthers rage just got the rug pulled out of it like right in the middle of it and then when they tried to pick up the pieces it just just didn't work panthers rage ends with that like what is it winged eagle story yeah right that's yeah. just like what it what and you're like to this in the book? middle of oh, a wait, murder mystery done? that doesn't get solved there <laughs> yeah yeah so i think you're right i mean uh Honestly, I think you're right. Like where a a top tier run gets to just be ooh, like, ooh. hey, and this is just say that uh, again. Mm. What did you just say? Say that one more time. Run, no, no, maybe. before that. What, what was it about me being something? All right, you are literally quoting my wife right now, and it is unbecoming of the both of you. <laughs> I said the thing. Let it be. <laughs> All right. Next up. Speak. Speaking Zach's of, turn to transition. Speaking of my turn to transition. Here's here it is. It's new music. <laughs> You're getting so um, good. All right, I, I just got to practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We read the original graphic novel mm-hmm. in '82, and I think we we're both pretty hum ho about it. It's a very fun team. It is a. I don't know what hum ho means, so I can't agree or disagree. <laughs> what is hum ho? You, you've never heard being hum ho about something? Did you mean ho hum? No, it's it's h o h h o t. Ha ha. 
You never been called a hat? Hum ho over there? <coughs> no. You don't know what? about hum ho over there? Hum ho. Don't Google that. Over there. <laughs> hum ho is just like you're like not that excited about it. You're just ho like, yeah, hum. Fine. You mean? You mean ho hum? Hum ho. Okay. Hum ho. <laughs> All right, my marvelous year. Write us at mymarvelousyear at gmail.com. Is it ho hum? I mean, I typed it in, and one came up with a literal dictionary definition, and the other one uh, gave me Urban Dictionary for thought. It's <laughs> 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 pretty funny, actually. Uh, dictionaries are, I would say, malleable. I think we can all agree. Yeah. Uh, sure. So, New Mutants number one, it, it brings back the team that we met in the OGN. Uh, we get to see them basically living life in the X-Mansion, being students, uh, learning through Professor X's teachings, well, to a degree, about what it means to be a mutant. But the big sort of um, twist in this, I guess, is, uh, well, there's a few things. I, I'll let you jump in first. What what caught your attention with these two new mutants issues? And Because I, I don't think they're great. I don't think the run's going to be great yet. It's still a very welcome addition to yeah. the X-Men verse. It's not going to be a great addition for a couple years. Um, what what did you like about these opening issues? Kind of what I like about a lot of Claremont stuff, especially earlier Claremont stuff, um, which is like the character stuff works better than the actual like superheroics to me. Definitely. Because yeah. the, uh, the, like, the subplot about, what is it, Peter Henry Gyrick or Henry Peter Gyrick? Henry Peter, yeah. Henry Peter Gyrick. Um, the Notorious HPG. Which is okay. That stuff's okay. Six some sentinels on the kids in the mall. They have a good fight. I actually kind of like the mall thing. And that Isn't does that... follow Days of Future Past because there's a tease yeah. at the end of that story where uh, HPG shows up and says, hey, time for Project Wide Awake. And we're kind of getting the fall through on that here. Yeah. And, um,. Isn't that like the X Men animated series, the pilot? Don't they get attacked by Sentinels at the oh, mall? Isn't that you like talking? You talking about a mall babe and chili fries? I think I decided I'm finally going to watch that show. I've never, I've never seen it. I would say when is the right time? I would actually say the right I'm, time to do I'm it. I'm going to wait till the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait until when it would have yeah. been coming out live. That's the. I just, time. I just said that to Rose because I was like, "There's probably some like I know Apocalypse is in the show, and I don't yeah. want my first like." My first taste of Apocalypse to be on the show. I'd rather read it and then watch the show. You want your first taste of Apocalypse to be special. I've always said that. I mean, actually, I'm, I'm getting quite a bit of Apocalypse in the like, the, you know, the Dawn of X comics that I'm reading in 2020. But mm-hmm. besides mm-hmm. that, I, I've never actually experienced Apocalypse as a villain, <laughs> which is kind I of am, a, Oh, yeah, that would be strange. Like, I'm super excited for for that idea. That's awesome. And you know what's really wild about the animated series is so they they pick up some of like the Claremont, you know, Dark Phoenix saga, right? Which is yeah. as mm-hmm. we enter the 80s type runs that they adapt. But then you get to a point in like 94, well they're like follow up the um like the Phalanx Covenant stuff like that year. So they get to yeah. a point where they're like picking up comics runs almost as they're happening, uh, mm-hmm. which will be really interesting. interesting. But the, we're not there yet. We're still here with New Mutants, but yes, you're and right. Alpha if Flight actually attack shows and up. thing looks familiar. In uh, X-Men the animated series. Sorry, there's an Alpha Flight episode of X-Men. Well, I mean, it's the classic. It's the classic Guardian Wolverine stuff. But yeah. anywho, uh, I like this team a lot. If you didn't listen yeah. to the OGN episode, basically our new mutants that we're focusing on here are um, Karma, Sean Koi Man, Psych, Danny Moonstar, Cannonball, Sam Guthrie, Wolfsbane, Rain Sinclair, Sunspot, Bobby DaCosta. We also get the crucial supporting characters, Moira McTaggart, Oh, Charles, you're the only friend I ever had. That's an animated series reference. Oh, and, is it? Uh, I wonder Stevie why Hunter. you keep doing that. <laughs> I thought it was just like, you know, because uh, sometimes you have like a trigger phrase for an accent. Yeah. Right? Like when you want to get into an accent, you have like Mine that is word that from gets the you animated there. Series. Yeah. And yours is saying, 
Oh, Charles, you're the only friend I ever had. Oh, like that—that that is the thing that you have to do to get into a Scottish accent. Is a hundred percent, a hundred percent. They're all around. Doctor Moira and um and Stevie in this ep- in this issue, they bump into a sort of surprised guest appearance. It is Gabrielle Haller. And as we may remember from Uncanny X-Men recently, this oh, is I the know. woman that Professor X uh, treated for an ailment. And with the first time he met Magneto in during, I think it's the Korean Wars. Oh. Oh, and yeah, uh, he, he unethically um, takes advantage of her, I guess we'll call it like doctor patient love for him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we learn in this episode or this issue, I ain't get me say an episode because the animated series in this issue yeah, that guess what? Not only did he take advantage of that situation, but uh, they have a kid. Professor X has a little boy and I don't know if he knows about it. I don't remember this at all. I only read these comics a couple <laughs> days ago. Is that so like inconsequential seeming in the co- Are you sure that's in the first two issues of this yeah. series? Yeah, 100%. Um, it's not God. the main focal point, but it's a pretty big bomb that's dropped and and moira says like hey you so the what happens is they go to meet gabrielle i think she's she's like an ambassador maybe for israel don't remember this this. and uh she says like hey i've got a problem with my son he's a mutant and moira says hey you know you should probably take him to professor x and she's like i can't because professor x is his dad bum 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 yeah and that's our first tease of professor x's boy (laughs) so glad to i'm happy to to learn all this (laughs) <laughs> this, is, this is fun <laughs> yeah um, i mean th- those to me are like the most interesting scenes of new mutants at this point because they're setting up i, so I think much the, the, the interactions universe. between the kids are my favorite like i really like all these characters i think yeah they they he does a great job of like really just immediately establishing them like he's done before with the uh the other team of x-men even more so because i mean we've read one thing and they just feel like really fleshed out immediately um yeah but like uh, so, I mean, something else is like his interest in having them be an international team, I think really works well here because it's some of the best work in Marvel we've seen that like these characters are all like, you know, they're different nationalities, ethnicities. They come from different, you know, different, I mean, different places around the, the country or even the United States. Yeah, it's part of them, but it's not defining them, which is like way too often the case where it's like, right, you know. But my Middle Eastern, that's my character. I got a, I got a turban and I say, you know, I talk like a, I'm out of Aladdin, right? Like, uh, or whatever. Like, oh, well, my, just... my thing's always like, how about them bears? Hey, anybody yeah. got a deep dish, right? Like, I'm just, I'm always saying that so often. <laughs> but like, it clearly, like, it leans into it, right? Like, Rain is, she's Scottish. She was like raised very like fundamentalist. It kind of leaks into all of her interactions. Like I like that, you know, all the other girls are being like kind of teenage girls and she doesn't like, she's just really nervous about like thinking boys are cute, which is actually very cute. Like rain is adorable. I love rain. Um, and you know, like Danny Moonstar has some guilt about like her grandfather and her family and like, you know, her heritage and stuff, but it's not, it is not like her character. It is part of her right like i think yeah. he does a really good job of threading that needle um and also they're just like interesting characters with interesting powers i'm looking at new mutants number two and i genuinely don't know what you're talking about it ends with like a brood i think queen. that's in the it's in the first issue is the um oh, okay is in the drop don't don't try to question me on the show first off you're just gonna get schooled second off <laughs> bad audio <laughs> but in issue number two <laughs> the other thing that Speaking is, of schools, uh, interesting is school. uh, Professor X. Hey, he's inhabited by a brood queen, and yep. we're getting I, I a just little said bit that. of. Mm, uh, did you though? 
<laughs> we're getting a little bit of development here in terms of him being inhabited and obviously that's going to play a big role once our uncanny x-men make it back from space but will they zach take it away speaking of space you guys aren't all... going to hear this you guys aren't going to hear this in the in the episode but yeah. the pause zach zach clips out the length of pauses when he edits yeah. took him a clean three and a half minutes to continue. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I'm looking through New Mutants number three to see if it's in that issue what you're talking about because I have no, no idea. No, it's what definitely you mean. not. Okay. Um. Yeah. Speaking of space, all um, all uh, matter exists in space, including comic books. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. Uh, Uncanny One Sixty Five is a comic book. Let's, let's talk about it that again, baby. So, one sixty-five to one sixty-seven is the continuation and conclusion of the oh, Brood boy. Saga, which we oh, read boy. in nineteen eighty-two. Now, when we were approaching the Brood Saga, you said, "I don't think I like the Brood Saga." Now that we finished the Brood Saga, double down. Feel better about uh, it? What do you think? Well, so in nineteen eighty-two, when we read half of it, I was like, "Oh, you know what? It wasn't that bad. Like, I, I didn't. It wasn't my favorite, but uh, yeah, but it was enjoyable enough." I thought, like, maybe I had judged a little too harshly this time i was like actively angry when i saw that one issue was double-sized and also like we are at one point we are out of the brood saga at like the end of 166 you're like all right finally the broods are behind us and they're like one more to deal with back on earth and i was like oh god please like can we just be done with this and then we have a whole nother brood issue that i just i can't i don't know can't care i think one of the toughest things about the brood is they infect the x-men very early and then mm-hmm. there's just this impending dread, but it's all literally internalized. Like, there's yeah. nothing visual about it until there is. And I don't know that it's the worst thing to have the X-Men having this Paul cast over them of like, hey, uh, I got a brood inside kind of me. It's yeah. Kinda, yeah, like, it definitely creates tension. And they all kind of, it's kind of interesting to see them operate like they're going to die any moment, I guess. You know, like, very, very earnestly. And also, like, all of Wolverine's inner monologue about, like, I think I got to kill him here in a minute. Like he's that's basically his arc for three issues here, um, which is obviously yeah. a very difficult decision. That said, it does it does extend for long enough that it's it's kind of hard to stay hooked. Um, I do like I do generally like the brood as villains. One because like <coughs> they de- they win like they defeat the X Men, mm, yeah. you know, until kind of the Deus Ex Machina of it all. Um, but also like they're so intelligent and sadistic in ways that is kind of surprising. You know, yeah, they're not yeah, yeah. just this dumb alien race. Yeah. Um, they're, they are intimidating and, dare I say, a little bit scary. Yeah, I, th- I think they like the idea. You know what? This this whole batch of X-Men kind of worked better in idea than execution for me. I think that was like the through line here was that like, I don't know. I was really trying. I don't know if I've quite nailed it down because something has turned a little bit where like this is feeling all of this, not just the brood stuff. Um. It's just feeling a little heavier. It's just like it's sitting in my stomach a little more. It's like sitting like a weight in my stomach mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. instead of like, you know, a nice little cloud in my stomach that I just digest and poop out like it's nothing. This is like a Yeah, break. I got to get on that cloud diet that you've been on because you are regular, <laughs> yeah, my, let me tell you. Um, my diet's the, on the cloud, The thing yeah. about Uncanny X-Men from 83 to like 86 probably mm-hmm. is like it's so maybe like late 85, but like it's such a 
it's such a fascinating sort of transitional period, you know, because we're coming out of this all time. Like you knew it in the moment, all time mm-hmm. classic. Yeah. Like Claremont and Byrne stuff. Right. And then even continuing through with a little bit of that post Byrne Cockerham, it kind of has the extended feel of like, you know, when it launched in, in Uncanny X-Men 94 with Claremont and Cockerham to begin with. Um, but then now we're getting just sort of a, a hodgepodge of like you get Brent Anderson on pencils for a couple issues. We get Paul Smith here. Showing up towards the end of the game, I really like Paul Smith's work. The first, I th- he's probably I the first he, artist since Burn. Where I was yeah. like, oh yeah, all right, now he, we're back. Oh, he's and then definitely. He teams I, up with John I think Romero he's Gene. emulating Burn a lot. There's like th- this sure. looks like Burn for sure. Um, not not. But no, it's just, just like that. the ideas and the art and everything about it is just like you're still throwing stuff at the wall, but it's not necessarily sticking as clearly. As, I like a lot of the as the, the, the ideas here. Previous. It's, I think I think pacing is a huge issue here. I think the pacing is kind of a problem, and he's like. I think he's, I think Claremont's having a little bit more of an issue trying to, like, bring real care, like, yeah, there's too much going on so that you don't focus on anything because there's just so much happening. Um, Oh, see, that's not a problem for me with Claremont's work. That's a, that's a feature. I like that. I I mean, he's got so many threads, but it's all building like crazy. Like, what is Um, Storm up to in Japan? Because she has this whole plot line in Japan that feels- If you dare criticize her mohawk, I swear I will leave the show. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I will run out of this room crying. Hey, Dave. Dave, can yep. you just... Uh, the other day on our Mar- March Madness poll, I did uh-huh. put up Wolverine versus Storm. Which one did you vote for again? Uh, you did not specify Punk Rock Storm, so I voted for Wolverine. Mm, yeah, and uh, Wolverine won uh, at a coin flip because of you. Not because of me. I voted Storm. So oh, good. don't challenge my credentials yeah. here. My Storm-loving credentials. We do um, have a no, March Madness, her, and by the time this airs, I don't know how relevant it'll be, but if you go over to the Patreon over, or yeah. just check out My Marvelous Year, we have a, a weird March Madness bracket going on. Yeah, it's fun. And it's all about who would win in a fight. Your favorite character shut, that would shut win up. in... No, no, it's just who's shut your favorite character. It's well, a lot we'll, ne- next, Yeah, this was really impromptu if you're hearing this too late. Um, next year, we'll definitely be doing uh, this ahead of time. I want to do like a prediction bracket thing for next year because people wanted to do yes, that and like yes. do prizes and stuff because i think that would be a lot of fun um, this is also our chance to teach zach how uh march Man no is the absolutely not no mine is <laughs> way more fun no that everyone like that that the uh the outcome of this literally like we got like 60 votes on the um the storm and wolverine and it was an exact tie that's a good matchup that's incredible yeah um, incredible speaking I of say, incredible storms storm mohawk is amazing. Yeah. What's even more amazing is that, like, she's like, she shows up and she's like, "What do you all think?" And Kitty's like, "Storm, what did you do? How could you?" And she like runs away crying. <laughs> the fact that Kitty yeah. Pride is so like traumatized just by the fact that Storm got a haircut and like runs off crying is so cute. Team oh Kitty's uh, emotional Kitty reaction Pride. to Storm's yes. Mohawk is an all timer, <laughs> absolute all timer. Uh, yeah, so that that's jumping ahead to the X Men in Japan. Um, I, I was just using that as an example of like, I think it just feels underdeveloped and also, yeah, it's a well, little overstuffed. I mean, some of it me. purposely yeah. is where it's yeah. like, you're going to get a little bit of Scott and Madeline Pryor one page at a time. Right. And then that's building for issue after issue because Claremont's playing such a long game. He's 70 plus issues. He, into a he's run done in point. the past and given you like these little, I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. It just like the writing is just like the writing is getting more. I actually went back to like earlier issues to the uh, the Dark Phoenix saga to see like is there some is there a difference here in like the writing is it like denser now is he getting wordier and yeah. I I think maybe a little bit but like not that I could notice it just something about this like dragged for me 
through the whole thing. And it was like, I like these stories. I like Wolverine in Japan. I like the Silver Samurai. Rogue is here. That's cool. Like, I like Lockheed showing up. Like, he has all these ideas that I like that are happening. I don't have any, like, story problems. It's all, like, structural stuff that, I don't know. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is just... I don't disagree with the sentiment that it's not as good. That the highs are not as high as as they have been in x yeah i kind of feel like we're on the other end of the bell curve here right but it's but it's well it's not like it's all down from here i guess is what I. oh sure yeah i mean i I don't know yeah i I wouldn't say that because right like and and i wouldn't say it's a large swing down either it's not like um oh post it it is they had no ideas it's a notable descent yeah because i mean but it's still like i think top five stories we've ever read and then followed up by days of future past which Again, is like just incredible work, and then this is like. Well, I, eh, I wouldn't yes, want to read this. I don't know. I don't know if I want to read this. Again. I think one of the like harder things of... about about that like Dark Phoenix Saga: Days of Future Past run is kind of everything before that. You realize after you've read it, like, oh, we were mm-hmm. always kind of building to that. Sure. Like yeah, this yeah. whole thing was kind of building to that. Whereas right now, it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know what, what are we building, building to. to... Yeah, what are that's we a building good point. to? Yeah. Right. And if you've read it, you kind of know in some ways. Although again, mm-hmm. I even even if you know it's not as tight it's not yeah. as linear as yeah. um as that initial run but you know it's it's kind of spread out it's kind of figuring out things as it goes and it's also just like i think one of the fun one of the best things about uncanny at this time is is that sort of sense of like hey we're just gonna try wild stuff like yeah. Professor x is gonna think the x-men are dead in space for like 15 issues you know? oh, i mean that like, that's a great part of new mutants is the fact that the uh, the x-men are gone like i think that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why new mutants work so well is that like all this kid, the kids are wandering around this empty mansion, like looking. I, I love that Danny Moonstar finds Storm's atrium and like starts watering her plants, and she's like, "Oh, I wonder who lives up here." Like, I'll take over watering plants, and like, there's yeah. this kind of there's a clearly an absence happening here, right? Um, no, totally. Yeah, I, I it, like works, that. it works with New yeah. Mutants quite well. Um, so let's let's talk about some of the the bigger stuff that happens in mm-hmm. Uncanny. Then, so in the Brood Saga. Obviously, as you'd expect, the X-Men ultimately uh, get these broods out of them. Storm has a wild sequence of events where the brood starts to manifest. She's turning into Storm Brood. She, something surprises or spooks the, or she pulls some lightning or something that scares the brood back into her, which Uh, mechanics are that wild. No, she talks about, like, they show up at the, the galaxy's core and she pulls her powers from the universe and because they're at a place that has condensed universe it, it is it's literally like he just made made up some words spur of the moment yeah yeah no all the science you just explained yeah. made a lot of sense to me yeah, yeah and um and and ultimately though the point i'm getting to is storm uh joins conscious with a infant akanti space whale and yeah. has a host body reborn brood free through a space whale mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the thing is like yeah. cool idea and then it doesn't uh seem cool when it's happening for whatever reason i you know what it's kind of it's it's one of those things that you just have to be like what uh okay yep here we are storm's back cool and she's uh she's kind of got a mysterious psychic rapport with the baby space well i mean i i think some of it is laid on is it bob paul smith paul smith's art that i I don't think think it's uh, yet on these issues i think that we're still in oh no you're right it's paul smith territory okay yeah um yeah, his his stuff is not quite as dynamic as like Burn, obviously, or uh, or even um, oh my god, um, the Cock Rumbler. Yeah. Oh god. Oh no. <laughs> Absolutely. That's not. what people call him. That's what his friends call him. 
Yeah, okay. But Dave you're not his friend. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I'm not friends with the cock rumbler. I just like calling him that. Um, yeah, I think like it's not as dynamic. Uh, and it, yeah, I, I think like, I think he's doing okay work. I think um, like panel by panel, it looks okay. But there are some pages here where I'm just like, oh, this is kind of a mess to look at at a glance. You know, like you, you get those pages where, I say this a lot, but like if you just pull back and you're not reading it, you can just kind of like get the gist of the page and you can just like scan over it. A lot of these, and part of it is that they're so full of text, you have to like, <laughs> you know, like pull out the yeah. images between the text bubbles. Um, a lot of these I mean, pages, that's a certain style of during... comic though. And yeah. I don't know that Uncanny X-Men often falls into it. Action yeah. sequences maybe, but I mean, if you're not reading Claremont's text and you're, you get eight pages into 166, you don't know that Storm bonded with a space whale just by looking at it. <laughs> that is that is not how the story yes. functions, I'll yes, tell you that. that is, that's true. Um, yeah. You gotta yeah, read. Good... The, yeah. the other big things that happen, uh, Kitty meets Lockheed. Lockheed yeah. is yeah. a tiny purple dragon that she uh, immediately befriends in space and brings back to Earth as her pet slash sidekick, and Lockheed's amazing. <laughs> I love yeah, Lockheed's Lockheed. great. I mean, he's not even really a dragon. He's just an alien who, you know, like, looks like a dragon. Just looks like a tiny kind of like, dragon. Yeah, he's actually just an alien, but he does just yeah. show up out of nowhere. It's just like all of a sudden a dragon flies down a hallway, and it's just like I'm here to protect oh, you. Oh, it's so out of nowhere. It's <laughs> yeah. so out. And he's actually, I guess, the gag is Kitty finds in the brood hideout, um, like a pile of bones, and it's like, oh, there must be some vicious beast in here. And then it's ultimately Lockheed. Mm-hmm. I think. Wait, no. Yeah. Is no, it Lockheed or is there another beast? Uh, I don't remember. I thought he just came flying down the hall. I think it. Is. Either way, it's still out of nowhere. In one sixty-seven. This is the big final manifestation of the queen brood inside mm-hmm. Professor X. He goes full queen, mm. and he's Some busting. creepy drawings ki- of him busting out. Yeah, 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 and he's singing, you know, We Are the Champions. He's singing, um, you know, Killer Queen, right? Like, he's going high notes, Killer queen. That's broad the best, vocal range. That's the best pull you could find. Killer like, Queen? Oh, let me think of a queen song. Hmm. Killer and then queen. I was like, what's one with queen in the name? Oh, Killer yeah, Queen, exactly. thank God. You're, you're already halfway there just remembering <laughs> the artist's name. He starts singing Night at the Opera. He's pulling deep cuts, right? It's an album. I haven't heard one from you yet. Uh, Death on Two Legs. Another four and a half minute pause in the recording there. <laughs> just want to know. Shut up, you can't just say posterity. that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the X-Men come back. They fight Professor uh, Queen Brood. And... Um, Ultimately, he gets uh, debruited when uh, he's like on his death's door. Cyclops and Wolverine, they're all sort of debating, like, do we kill him? And instead, Cyclops is like, nah, let's not kill him. He's like a dad to me. Mm-hmm. Um, they take him to a Shi'ar spaceship mm-hmm. and Moira and I believe Lalandra in tandem clone Professor a new body, a new body. Yeah, Moira says it so stand. nonchalantly. She's just like, well, we couldn't save him, but... We could clone him a new body and put his brain in it. So here's Charles. Like, and it, look, he's walking. It's awesome <laughs> and way too easy, and also something to keep an eye on because uh, they just cloned him a new body. And what yeah. does that mean? It's Okey-dokey. pretty funny. I mean, I, I'm I'm into it. Uh, I think it's funny. It's a good it's a good exchange and a good issue. Yeah. I also do like um, the dynamic of Moira and Lalandra, where Lalandra is the current girlfriend and Moira is the ex, but they're friendly and both sort of teaming up on Charlie. Uh, I would like to see more of them talking to each other and, yeah. and having conversations. Yeah, yeah. It, you get a weird vibe where they're both like, you know, he's like all of his exes are surrounding him. And <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and then we 
speaking Jump of ahead. X's, we do skip uh we um, do skip some good issues here and some classic moments i want to mention X's. i'll let X's. you keep thinking about that in 168 you get the classic professor x is a jerk line by kitty yeah in paddle that's great if you've yeah. been looking for that that's where that is it's not part of the reading list but obviously again if you like x-men the entire extended claremont legacy oh i do also have to mention here we are at the point now with new mutants kicking off where the quote-unquote claremont claremont era of x-men mm-hmm. um it, it crosses issues right it's not yeah just they're like Uncanny weaving X-Men into anymore. each other for sure there yeah. is a right there's a reading sort of crossover nature to all this i highly recommend you either follow the master spreadsheet list not according to episode release or better yet Go to compocarol.com, check out the Claremont X-Men reading order where I've laid out the issues because it does frequently matter as we saw here. Just just go read it by publication date on Marvel Unlimited. You give such bad advice and people are going to not listen to you. Still, it's annoying that you speak sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so like in one of the Uncanny X-Men issues, they just drop the bomb of just like, oh, yes, uh, what was it like? I can't remember. Silver Samurai something. We dealt with... They faced off against the New Mutants and killed Sean. John. Yeah, that's a, that's a New like, Mutants oh, number what? three bomb. Car- Karma's dead? <laughs> like, yeah. I looked it up. She'll be back. But... Uh, no, but that happens. Yeah. You're right. I, mi- I miss her already. She's so cool. Already. Like, that's things. She was cool, actually. <laughs> I, I didn't I read that. Um, yeah, so, all right. Speaking of X, you know what country doesn't have an X in its name? Japan. Speaking of Japan, Wolverine traveled there in the Wolverine miniseries. This is clearly a follow-up to that miniseries. Sure is. Sure is. We do skip a couple uh, introduction of the Morlocks here as well. But, yeah, I was and we also get the pretty big, big to me, pretty big thing to skip. But uh, well, you know what? As I say, time I and know, time again, yeah. one read it all. It's yeah. good. Two, it's a curated list, baby. We got to make sacrifices. That's Otherwise, true. we'll never get through it. We do also see That's Rogue true. join the X Men in one seventy one. Another huge moment. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah i mean you, you the get list. the gist of that here no i mean you definitely I, do it, despite my like i don't know like being a, a kind of lukewarm on this year's x-men like i am gonna go back and read all these like because if nothing else i think his ideas are great like he's introducing stuff that will like issue by issue like one issue it, it, does anyone have as much like um like impact on future stories as claremont here besides like kirby and stan lee because it's just like yeah uh the brood the cloning charles here's lockheed here's rogue here's the morlocks like just every issue is introducing stuff that will keep coming back like yeah right i mean obviously frank miller daredevil is frank miller's daredevil from this point forward sure you know so that is a a tremendous influence but in terms of like and that and that's a pretty additive book when you consider electra and stick in the hand Right, there's a lot of Marvel Universe staples, but he's just adding the way Kingpin is so much. Like Claremont is just adding like by, it's a lot more. It's a lot by more. Wikipedia word count. <laughs> he is adding like so much to the mythos of X Men in a way that actually like sticks and matters, right? Because like yeah, man, there's a lot of X Men backstory, but a lot of it you can just be like, oh, this never comes up again. But that's oh, 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 you think that, and then you're doing a X Men exploration YouTube channel, and all of a sudden you realize <laughs> some of this weird stuff matters. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's just me. Uh, anyway, in Uncanny 172 and 173, it's going to be the wedding of Wolverine and Merico, and uh, Rogue shows up. Now, she just joined the X-Men. Did she mm-hmm. need to come to the wedding? What's your take on this? Clearly didn't have an invite. Oh, I didn't really think about it, but yeah, sure, you're right. Yeah. You know what I did think about a lot was 
Wolverine, standing five foot two, crushing a purple and a beige kimono. I would like one of those in my life, and I would like to be yeah, a five good. foot two yeah. man. So it is letting my leg show a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Wolverine gets drawn really funny here sometimes. Like uh, Paul Smith, like has a kind of different style for faces than a lot of what we've seen, and sometimes mm-hmm. he just goes like very off model. And uh, Wolverine particularly like stands out here. Um, yeah, so like we get introduced to like America is having more like familiar strife. Her brother's a big silver samurai. He's pretty cool. Um, better design is... than than anything else at this yeah. point for sure. Yeah, I mean that like the story's the story's not bad. It's just like it's not that uh, complicated. It's another fine kinda... one. It's it's Silver Samurai over... and Viper of yeah. Uh, yeah. of Hydra teaming up. Um, the best I'd say the best part about it is 173. We get the Wolverine and Rogue. So Wolverine hates Rogue at this point. I think it's important to remember uh, because she. Uh, you know, nearly killed and basically tried to kill Carol Danvers. Mm-hmm. And, yep. Wolver- and the Wolverine and the X-Men are, you know, friends with Carol. Um, so Rogue's an enemy, but basically she shows up and Wolverine's like, you guys cool with this? Storm's like, yeah, dog. And uh, and the Wolverine doesn't trust her, but she's the only one around to sort of help uh, track down the Silver Samurai. And Rogue, you know, ultimately begins to prove her heroism. But their journey together, I think, is is very interesting and quite well done in 173 when they go from Wolverine literally says, I want to gut you when they meet to um, Wolverine sacrificing his own healing factor to bring Rogue back by the end of the issue. Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, you, uh, it was a seven you, and ten seconds pause. <laughs> you said that like uh, there's some emotional moment here, and I was just like, yeah, I felt nothing. I, felt I think it's well done here. for a single issue. I mean, really, yeah, it's two, I, but like in the beginning I, I don't of the have issue, a, I don't have a real you know, criticism jump- here. I'm not well, she like... jumps in front of Wolverine to stop a blast, and then, you know, Wolverine's been against her the whole time. He lashes out at her and threatens his claws at her throat at one point when she, like, jokes about kissing him. I just don't absorbing his have powers. any reason to, like, be interested in... I don't know, like, what her struggle is to fit in here. Like, it doesn't really get that, uh, that fleshed she's out. She's an ex-villain. She's just she's like, a, I'm good She's now. a notable ex-villain. Well, I know, villain. but, like, her arc is, I'm good now. Let me prove it by being good. I, in terms of how did she get to the point of joining them? No, even just did, in this issue, like the the arc of like watching her progress from Wolverine is like, all right, well, uh, prove yourself by fighting with me. And then it's a Wolverine centric pro- progression. It's from yeah. Wolverine's vantage point. If you're looking yeah. for rogues, that's not really here. I don't know, I'm not even looking. I'm just looking for something, and I'm not. You aren't even looking it. at the comics because you didn't remember that Charles has a boy. <laughs> I'm almost positive that you are. I'm, I'm going to go back and read them. Yeah. Ha! Made you reread. All right. So uh, that is 172, 173. Yeah. I'm gonna pause. Oh, let, um, let you think for a moment. Uh, ooh, yeah. Um. Ooh, 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 ooh. Oh, they don't get married. We should point that out. Um, That's a big one. Why don't they get married, Zach? Because there's a man outside who we don't actually know. I don't think this gets resolved here. Maybe it gets resolved in a different issue. But someone comes and talks to Mariko, and basically you get the idea. It's not someone. It's um Shaw, right? Or is it Gardner? Wait. Because like America, Mar- I definitely out misinterpreted something. Then the guy with the uh, the sideburns that leads into his mustache. Right. So Isn't... so when I saw him, I thought it looked like Sebastian Shaw. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then that's Shaw. Yeah. But when I read one seventy five, I thought it was Mastermind. Well, that's Mastermind in that one. Slash I don't know Jason Wingard. I don't know if it's the same. I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm right. I'm right. It's um no Mariko. There all of a sudden there's a page right before the wedding. And mm-hmm. she's visited by a mystery guest with sweet chops. And, yeah, it's mastermind. Uh, okay. And they get to the final page of the wedding. And Mariko says, I'm not marrying you because you're not worthy. And Wolverine sheds a single tear. And then in 175, 
we learn that this was, in fact, Jason Wingard, mastermind, manipulating Mariko, and he's back in 175. But how is he manipulating Making the her? X-Men think that um, they are seeing the Dark Phoenix. He can't, like, control people's mind. He just gives them illusions. Well, right? I mean, they're they're very similar ideas. I mean, he controls yeah, Gene. I guess so. Yeah, to, okay. In many ways, right? Like, he's... The, the difference between Mastermind being Purple Man or Psychic how, is I mean, almost negligible. No, that's pretty different, right? Like, Not the way he you, functions in these stories. Like, he is very manipulative. Changing what you perceive versus, like, your actions directly. I don't know. Uh, Yeah. He uh, warps whatever. Gene's actions, though, into becoming the Dark Phoenix. Like, Mastermind opens that door. Mm. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I just want to read this line from Mastermind's Wikipedia page because I was trying to like find if it was him or not. Uh, uh-huh. There's just a sentence at the beginning of one of these paragraphs. When introduced to Namor, Mastermind was not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> um, he good. remarked that despite his fame, Namor seemed to be, quote, just a man in swimming trunks. <laughs> oh, man. That is good... an Atmore McGill burn, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. Um, All right, so in 175, yeah, poor, poor Wolverine. we get oh, Mastermind. I mean that, that, you know what is emotional? <laughs> Please is tell me. Wolverine crying. That one tear going down Wolverine's cheek. It's I mean, sad. just I, I think because we read. Married. I think that actually worked for me as like a, a slight, I mean, very mildly, uh, as an emotional moment, but more because of the miniseries than this because of their like relationship yes. had been built up there um, oh, we should mention in connection was... to the miniseries that storm and yukio become really good friends which is a really fun yeah um, sure the couple can and bring in yukio back and connecting them and the, yeah, storm's the going through like a, for storm's a real punk midlife rock, crisis phase. that's not a midlife crisis she's going through a sweet introduction to punk phase yukio yeah. gave her all her sex pistol records she gave her pink flag by wire everything from 79 and then a little dead boys, a little Peru Ibu on the side, right? Storm is ready to rock. I mean, that look is awesome. I'm way into that look. Minutes, 11 minutes and 24 seconds to get to that. Um, so, <laughs> this is my favorite, is my favorite speaking new Speaking of... Can you tell? Speaking of dumb gags, what a what a prank to pull on the X-Men to make them believe that Jean Grey is alive. Yeah, what, it what is a bad dumb prank. gag. I will give you that. You know, so we do have to talk about it here. Let's talk about it. Scott Summers has, has been, yep. he's no longer leader of the X-Men. He's moved to Anchorage, Alaska. And we've missed a lot of this in the in the club specific reading, right? But we've seen pages here and there. He met someone. He met somebody new, right? It's good to move on yep. after the loss of a loved one. He met somebody new, and her name is Madeline Pryor. Thing yep. is <laughs> Oh, there's nothing. Bears, there's nothing weird about this. No, just let's, let's, that, that's it. That's the beginning and end of it. Some would say identical resemblance to Jean Grey. Lots of people are doing double takes when they're introduced to Madeline. Havoc says, Scott, it's not Jean. Roll with it. Clearly, they're different people. Nice job, Alex Summers, trying to encourage your brother to move on. Scott, in the meantime, though, has to really look into the details. He's like, I think this is Gene reincarnated. I need to figure this out. Um, All of the X-Men meet Madeline Pryor here for the first time in 175, and they all pretty clearly think they are looking at Gene when they see her. Unsurprisingly, because yeah. she looks exactly like Gene. Yeah, I mean, it's it, one it's, of the funniest not, subplots for the longest time. I mean, time. it's everyone's overreacting. I mean, just because she survived a plane accident, uh, she was the only survivor of a plane accident. Um, literally the same moment that Jean Grey died, like uh, right. the yep. exact same second. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that's got everyone all freaked out. That kind of stuff just happens. Listen, it's a coincidence. These yeah. things always, always happen. Uh, we do get Mastermind uh, sort of torturing 
uh, Madeline Pryor and doing gross smooches on her and just being the biggest creep. So friendly reminder that Mastermind, the biggest creep. Um, I don't think we have a bigger one. I would say like the club right now, the creep, the creep Rushmore is is Henry Pym and Mastermind, mm-hmm. 70s Hawkeye, and uh, I don't know if Purple Man's there yet. He'll get there. Uh, I don't know who's who's number. I mean, four we haven't seen Purple anybody? Man since like 1963, right? Yeah, right. Like he's not yeah, relevant yeah. enough in what we're reading. Either way, I mean, uh, Daredevil. Daredevil's. You put Daredevil one. on your Creep Rushmore. I yeah, and I kind of I kind of love it, <laughs> honestly. Like, <laughs> I mean, I think he is worse. He has been worse than Reed Richards has been to Sue Storm. Like oh, Reed. That is yeah. like the stuff that happens there is like really classic abuser behavior. <laughs> you yeah. know, like that kind of like isolating of somebody and like making them like feel like you're the only one they can rely on like you are their rock and you know cutting off their like support that is like yeah i don't think he's doing it intentionally you know i think he's just kind of like anyway yeah i think that's like fascinating that he's (laughs) turning into such a creep um yeah i mean mastermind clear mastermind was already mastermind just because of the the gang saga yeah wait uh, wait wait a second what happened i thought his brain was like sent into space or something didn't gene gray like you know blast his consciousness into uh you know, like cosmic understanding that fried his brain. You know, I have not Dave, read my answer for this. <laughs> uh, reading order in some time. Back to the wiki and page. Also, I don't make uh, reading orders for big old creeps. Uh, so <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's decidedly fine. not true. <laughs> I'm sure you. <laughs> well, I do have a, a, I do have a nice Daredevil one. So I guess in that case, no. Um, the X Men do defeat Mastermind. They ultimately see through the illusion, and uh, you know, thankfully, that allows Scott to move on. And he goes to Gene's tombstone and says, uh, you know, let's let's put you to rest and finally move on. And that day decides to marry Madeline Pryor. <laughs> so we do get a wedding. Yeah. It's yeah, not the that, wedding we thought it was going to be. That's and, wild. Uh, yeah. And uh, things are moving quick on the Summers and Pryor. It's fine. Everything will be scene. fine. And it's normal. And uh, you know what? I do appreciate that they didn't bring Gene Gray back. I mean, I like that. It's a fake out. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, I do, too. I kind of like, you know, like, I mean, they've done that with uh they did the same thing with Gwen Stacy, where it's like, Gwen Stacy's alive, and it's like, oh, no, mm-hmm. it's just a clone. Who is still mm-hmm. alive and wandering around somewhere? Like, that woman is still around. <laughs> they used the to do it with, thing. yeah, that's wild. That's a good point. Um, They do this, yeah. they did this with Bucky all the time. Yes, you know, yeah, we've uh, seen that in, a few times. In older cap issues, too. So I, I actually yeah. do like that impulse of, like, they're back, and it's always a fake out <laughs> for the longest time, yep. because obviously comics will move in a different direction eventually. Yep. Uh, okay, that's going to do it for 1983 Part 1. This is going to be a four-part year. Speaking of 1983 part one, next week, we'll be back with 1983 part two. That was literally your best transition. That was was pretty good. Far and away, your best work. Um, Yeah. Good job. Working up a sweat here. Zach. Thank you. We'll have to see about a all trans... Let's let's get a little feedback from the My Marvelous Year audience. Guys, Mm -hmm. let us know. And gals, let us know, please. And and non-binary folks, please let us know what you thought of Zach's (laughs) all transition episodes. (laughs) And we'll uh, like, decide if we want to do another one. Okay. Right? Yeah, that'll be the, the poll for this year. Seems fair. Seems fair. Um, Speaking of which. I'm good with that. Uh, what do we want to do for an Isn't there a poll, poll this year, the the Marvel, the March Madness tournament? No, that's like, that's like kind of a day-by-day thing. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I guess I mean, so. It's, cause it's we'll, yeah, the no, that, month. That's fair because we'll, uh, we'll discuss it at length at the, at the end of this variance. We can talk about it at the variance. Because uh, yeah. I, think, I think 83, yeah, 83 is going to run 
you know, throughout the entirety of March. Like these yeah. these episodes will come out the last couple of weeks of March. So I, I think that's a good poll yeah, sure. to do. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, again, you can go to patreon.com slash year to learn more. Uh, you yeah, can right. email us, year at gmail.com. And if you like the show and you made it this far, please consider rating and reviewing on iTunes. It goes a long way to helping us reach new listeners. I'm Dave. You can find my stuff at compacarol.com. He's Zach. You can find his stuff written on the back of napkins in bathroom stalls. And um, Why in bathroom stalls? I don't know. Why, why would there? they be there? It's, just, it's where you do rest thinking. Uh, music for the show is by Disasterpiece. <laughs> Thanks, Disasterpiece, for the tunes. You have anything else you want to say? Uh, I don't know. Slack's been super fun with March Madness. Come hang out. It's a, it's a good time. Come hang out in the Slack. It yeah. is a or just, great, you know what, like, write me on Twitter. I, uh, I'm pretty responsive on Twitter. I run the Twitter account. Um, I've been, like, what? getting a little more chatty with people, uh, like, people who follow us on Twitter. So That's at know. My Marvelous Year, Zach's yep. talking about. And that is yep. an important clarification that we should probably start moving to the front of these episodes. <laughs> but if you ever see an opinion from at My Marvelous Year, that is Zach. There's not me. I have no affiliation. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And as always, we will see you next year. See you next year. Bye.